the other thing is, is right. You're, once you start discounting, you're training your mind. <clears throat> and what I mean by training your mind, we all know the mind's a powerful thing where, you know, you start, you know, the first objection you get and you start to discount it just to, just, just to get that job. You're the, the next call you go on, they might've given you an objection, but if you would have, you know, you're not going to right off the bat, just offer a discount. You're going to battle that objection. You know, um, that's one other thing that I take a lot of pride in. I don't, I don't want to train my mind to go that route. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again. And man, are we looking forward to talking to a new guest today. Happy Monday, because we are bringing on Daniel Arroyas to talk to you about not discounting. That's right. The $7 million man. This guy has sold everything under the sun in the HVAC world. And we are excited to talk to him today about how he has done it. But of course, before we do that and get into a great interview with him, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time breaking down that idea for yourselves. Brian, let's hear our quote. Life has a funny way of making room for those who know where they're going. Jim Rohn. I know what you're thinking. How are we relating this to, to a guy seven, selling $7 million in HVAC without discounting? Over $7 million. Over $7 million mm-hmm. in one year. Yes. Without a discount. Because he knows where he's going. He knows what he's doing, man. Yeah. All right. You're, you're not stopping the train to ask for that discount. Number one, a quote I almost used was a quote about, um, if you if you don't, I couldn't pronounce the guy's name. It was like 64 syllables. So I was like, I'm out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, get a pseudonym or something. You know what I mean? If you want me quoting your your name on the Waste No Day podcast. The great Anon, of course. Uh, but it, he's, it was something like... Um, don't don't discount your quality, and you won't have to discount your price. Um, and there is something to that. Like I don't I don't really understand how it is with the home service companies. Nobody's afraid to ask for a discount of any kind, and and even so many employees are looking to offer a discount before it's even asked. Right. You know. Right. I understand the technicians' point of view. There, it's they're probably newer. They're very weak. It's it's a it's a cheat code in a way to make this process a lot easier. Where you just say, "Here's the price," and they they look at you, and but before they actually make eye contact, you're like, "But I have this fifteen percent off coupon. I can do it right now. <laughs> just, just don't be mean to me." Or or on the other hand, you just kind of use it as a tactic to. But if you want to do it right here, right now, we can offer this fifteen percent discount or whatever. It you is. know, I think so, it is. It, I think it is a learned behavior. I mean, so it's. We're, we're going through the holiday season right now and people are just being pummeled, pummeled with advertisements on discounts and it's all discount sales. Yeah. Cause we're recording this the day after cyber cyber Monday. Monday yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, 15% off 20% off buy one, get one free, like 50% off. It, it keeps going and going and going. And like it, it does, it does start to osmosis into your system. 
Like you feel like everybody's expecting a discount. So here I am, I guess I better offer one too. But you're really shortcutting yourself in that moment because you're not selling a product necessarily. You're selling more of what you are doing there in the home. Yeah, it's uh, like, so I do get, it's not just a learned behavior. It, it's, it literally is easier to make a sale right. when, you, yeah, when yeah. you offer a price and you quote unquote sticker shock and then you immediately drop and, and hit them with a discount. And then it, it even keeps them from asking for a discount too, and for, you know, in most cases. So I did this, you know, I was a young, new, newer salesperson. I did this a lot. I just realized it worked easier, so I, I did it. But at, once I got training, I'm like, ugh, yeah, it was like discounting myself. Like I'm giving you a better rate on me. <laughs> like who have you woke up this morning and said, eh, I'm probably worth $5 less this morning. You know, like based upon based upon me staying up till one AM playing video games, I'm probably worth five dollars less an hour. I told you you gotta <laughs> knock that off, buddy. Not really. Know. We expect more from you on the Waste No Day podcast. Yeah, no, you never you never like You literal, shouldn't. You don't do literal discounts of yourself, but in that moment, especially if you're in any kind of performance pay where you drop your price, even if they ask you to, you're discounting yourself. I mean, when you're you're the one that's gonna put the work in. You're discounting yourself. It's tough. If you're if you're a comfort advisor or selling tech or something and you don't do any of the install, you're discounting discounting your install team. It's like that team earns that money. Right. You should got, part with it they're looking to reluctantly, eat. to say the least. And when you when you are really a pro and really confident and really present with with you know fervor and, and conviction. You're, you would get asked to discount a whole lot less. And when you do get asked and you almost take it personally, you will get asked a second time a whole lot less. Um, it, there are some cultures where it's pretty normal to ask for a deal. But even them, you, you, they'll badger you. They'll just keep going. They'll keep asking. It's nothing personal. The, the challenge for a lot of techs is we like to take it personally. Like, oh, I hate those guys. It's not personal. It's just, it's how they roll. Like in their culture, it's how they, it's how they get down that kind of flea market mentality. It's like a bit, everything's a bidding war. Um, but when they don't get the discount, it doesn't change anything. You know what I really like? Oh man, you're on that call. It's like a water heater estimate and they clearly like you the most. They're going to use you, but they want to, they want to, uh, sharpen the pencil. Oh yeah. So the, you're my favorite. So far, so good. Oh, you got the nicest truck. We really, we want to use you guys. Is that the best you can do? Yeah. Can you bring it down a little 10, 10%? I get a nice guy discount. <sighs> All right. I'll bring it down 10%. All right. I'll bring it down 10%. Yeah. And then somehow, some way, 10 minutes later before they've signed anything, they're asking you to bring it down another 5%, you know? It's like and, they should be in sales. And you're brand new, you know, your, your blood's just thought your heart's pumping you know your blood pressure's up you're really excited you're this close to calling your boy like i made this massive sale Woo! you know i call call mama like yeah we're eating steaks tonight <laughs> and they get you to drop it again another five percent and then 10 minutes later you're walking down the walkway and you didn't even get the sale <laughs> they had no intention of you this has happened this has happened like several times early in my career and I and I get this phone call from guys, you know, now that 
like, I don't get it. I gave them the discount they asked for. It's like, yeah, I don't know if they just never planned on using you, but they're, they're like, you know, that the black swan group, they're like, you gotta get your reps in, you know, Chris right. Voss and them. They're, they're always saying you got to practice. Uh, negotiating is a uh, diminishing skill. So you always have to be practicing. So I often wonder if those guys who negotiate the amount down and then don't use us anyway, you know, just just testing the waters. They're just getting reps right. in. <laughs> just practicing. They're like, I know some company's going to show up that I want to use, and it ain't you, but I am gonna. I'm going to get a little practice in. Yeah. Here. It's whenever I have a tech on a call, and I'm like, and they're like, "There's no way this is happening. There's no like for whatever reason this can't happen." And I'll go, "Okay, good. Now's the time to get some practice in. So like, try to sell them on it. Just try to try to get them involved. Like, make them fall in love with the product." And if it, there's no way it can happen anyway, who cares? What do you have to lose? Get your reps in. Yep. It doesn't mean be mean. doesn't mean get pushy. doesn't mean offend them. Like you're, you're fully expected to leave with that five-star review. Fully expected to, whether you get a, a job or not. We're pleased to have Mr. Daniel Leroy is on today to talk about how he hit a $7 million year with zero discounts giving. Not reluctant to give a discount he's not doing it and it's not just the the lack of discounting brian that's impressive it's also how he is doing them and that's something that we're really going to look forward to exploring with him in what he calls the buddy system but before we get into the buddy system and uh bring daniel on i wanted to read a review from a name that you're definitely going to recognize truly for the trades five-star review this is a great podcast. Our team listens to it weekly. Our team listens to it weekly. Nice. Brian and Nate are always willing to help. I've reached out multiple times with questions, and they always take the time. Thank you, Winbrook. Oh, all right, man. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate that. Our buddy John Winman, owner, CEO of Winbrook. What, HVAC Plumbing and Electrical, right, in Maryland? Yeah. Cool. We appreciate the review, John. And uh, I'm assuming it was John and not, I don't know, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> we saw uh, John and uh, Winbrook and we share a uh, uh, branding agency's Wizard of Ads and uh, their their ad campaign is just awesome. It's Winbrook is Winman, half of his last name and then his wife's first name, Brooke. Okay. So they do like the Brooktastic maintenance call. Oh, nice. And uh, have you not seen the commercials? I'm not sure that I have the pleasure. Oh, you got to check them out. I should. Maybe we'll get John to post one in the Waste No Day group chat, but their uh, their commercials are awesome. They're like, like a couple of them are like pr- really heartfelt, just real cool, like relational uh, commercials. But um, anyway, I don't want to take up any more time on uh, our reviews. And uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to put Mr. Daniel Royas in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Daniel Arroyas. He is a cover advisor and field supervisor for NextGen based in Anaheim, California. And we're really excited to have him on the show. Welcome here, Daniel. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a long time in the making. I mean, we were going back and forth almost a year ago yeah. now about doing an episode and then uh, kind of put it on the shelf. And it's good to get back around and do it because uh, aside from the revenue 
you know, the sales you do, the, the numbers you produce, um, you have a, you have a reputation in the industry for just being a good dude and a, and a gentleman. And I'm, I'm excited to do an episode with you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. And like I said, uh, this is the best timing. I know we've been trying to get on this, you know, uh, for the past year now, but, um, you know, timing's everything and, uh, you know, let's do it. Yeah. Now it's going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> set, that, set that bar high. Here we go. So Daniel, welcome to the show. And we're excited to talk to you today. Uh, we have heard good things. And of course, uh, some of the things that we have heard is multi-million dollar years in a commission sales role and specifically selling HVAC equipment. But before we do that, let's jump into who you are. Uh, where did you come from? What's your past? How did you get into the whole HVAC gig? And what are you doing now? Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story how I even started in this industry. Not too many people know, to be honest with you. Um, I had basically um, was looking for a career. You know, I was just working at uh, you know a warehouse, and uh, you know was looking to to get a career versus just a job. And at the time, the city that I lived in over here in La Habra, California, in Orange County, um, the city was offering a um, a trade school uh, if you qualified uh, to pay for a trade school for you. And um, this was back in 2020. Uh, it's about 22, 23, 22 years ago. And of course, I, you know, ended up going in there and then they asked me to, you know, what trade do you want to get into? I asked them what my options were. They said, um, plumbing and, you know, just didn't sound, uh, you know, attractive to me at the time. And, and then they said electrical and then they said HVAC and it sounded a little intriguing to me. I said, what's HVAC? And, you know, they explained to me about the air conditioning and stuff. And I chose that. That's how I ended up choosing, you know, the, the trade. Um, and then, Went to the school called Bronson um, uh, Refrigeration uh, and HBAC in, in Anaheim, California. Went there with full time for about a year. Um, once I left there, I went straight into uh, a company called Westpac Heating and Air Conditioning. They did brand new track homes. I did installs actually. So my first uh, seven years in this industry uh, was was installing. So never thought of myself as sales at the time. Um, and basically, everything happened for a reason. That's when back in 2007, when uh, uh, the market uh, started uh, going downhill and, and brand new construction was at a halt. So I ended up getting laid off and uh, was uh, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. Of course, I was going to stay in the same industry and uh, I applied for uh, a technician and I didn't want to do installs anymore. So I wanted to get into uh, being a technician and uh, went to a company called Service Champions um, out of your Belinda um, at the time and uh, got hired on as a uh, turning tech. And so within probably the first six months, management was already talking about uh, promoting me uh, to what's called a senior tech. Um, you know, and about six months later, I became a, a senior technician. So for the first year I sold or I turned, uh, turned over leads as a tech, you know, to the company advisors. And then I became a senior tech myself probably for about the next seven, eight years. Um, my last year as a, as a senior tech, I believe, was in 2015. Um, I think I did just uh, about $3.5 million at that time. Um, and then that's when I became a, a comfort advisor. And then uh, just recently, about the last year and a half, everything happened for a reason. Um, ended up uh, coming uh, meet. I met Ishmael, actually, and uh, was talking to him quite a bit for some time and thought it was a good fit. Um, ended up making that change uh, after about 14 years. Uh, for some personal reasons, and uh, came over here to Next Gen, and, and been happy ever since. Um, but yeah, I've been in the industry for about 22 years, and not too many people um, know that I've actually started off uh, doing installs. And uh, you know, 
now became um, uh, uh, successful in, in selling, you know, um, which I never thought I would imagine meet myself doing, to be honest with you. Installers make great salespeople. And installers love to install equipment sold by a former installer. Yes, which, which absolutely. Is, should be obvious why, but just in case Nate doesn't know what we're talking about here. It is because you guys get the details down. Like you know exactly what you need to, to see and read and what you need ordered to make this job go smooth when you're installing it. So that's how I assume that's how you write it up. Yeah, no, and, and it helps me when I'm in the client's homes, right? Because I'm not your typical, you know, your average salesperson, you know. Um, I mean, I'm sure some of them have, you know, technical uh, background and stuff like that, but a lot of them, you know, don't, right? So I kind of separate myself by um, when I'm in the home and use my, my install and my, my technician background uh, to help me, you know, point things out on, on the previous, uh, the existing system that the homeowner has or the issues that could have been preventive prevented, um, you know, um, if it was done correctly. And so it, it really helps. And, and all the information I'd like to educate my clients all the time. And so by educating them that they know that I'm not your typical salesperson and, um, they appreciate me, um, you know, um, being able to design their system and, and, and get it done right. Uh, you know, the second time around. All right. So Daniel, you are right now a fully commissioned salesperson. Is that right? Correct. 100% commission. Yes. But I do not run like sales calls, meaning I don't run marketed leads. Um, I, I basically run what's a type of call now. Uh, what I like to call the new way of selling um, is, is buddy checks. And so I have three technicians that are on my team. And um, basically I just, uh, I would say about maybe 60, 60 to 70% of the time I walk in with these techs um, on a service call, on a tune-up or on a repair call. And, uh, or, you know, and the other percentage of the time, you know, cause I can't get the, you know, all three of my guys at the same time, I do a lot of role playing over the phone and they get me in the door, um, within probably the first hour of them being there. Wow. That's, that's, that sounds crazy. Let's dig into that right there. So you're saying about 60, 65, whatever percent of the time you're literally walking in the door with the technician. I mean, let's, let's start there. How do you, mm -hmm. how are you explaining yourself at the door? Yeah. So basically, again, uh, one of the main things that, that um, is, is part of what I do is wearing a uniform. You know, I know your average probably comfort advisor wears, you know, maybe a polo or a dress shirt, right? Slacks, you know, and stuff like that, which I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But in my way of doing things, um, my success has a lot to do with that uniform. Because, you know, when we walk into people's homes, you know, believe it or not, like we're putting on a show. And, um, you know, part of that uniform when I start talking to them about my background, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the evidence of, of who I am and what I used to do. Um, and you know, you're not going to crawl around an attic or crawl underneath the house, right. Uh, if you're wearing dressy clothes and, and shiny shoes, you know, so, um, but, but to answer your question, when I walk in with, uh, they think I'm another tech, I don't inter introduce myself as, oh, I'm in sales or I'm a supervisor. Cause technically I'm my title as a field supervisor, you know, on my business cards and stuff. So, which technically I am because I supervise the three guys that, that are, you know, on my team. And so the client just thinks that they're getting, you know, two techs for the price of one. And that's how I, I roll it out. And I'm literally helping the tech out throughout the whole process, whether it's um, helping them carry his tools and his ladder or whether it's uh, helping them take apart the system, um, you know, crawling through the attic, you know, with him. And so by doing that, that that's part of the whole show. So, when I get down from the attic, you know, and I'm sweating, I'm dirty, 
um, you know, the, the client and the whole point of the uniform and what I do is the client's guards down. Cause what, what, you know, when you walk in on a, on a marketed call or even a, a tech lead turnover lead a couple of days later, the client game plan for you, right? You know, they, you know, it's just like professional sports, you know, it's all about game planning. They're, they're already game planning for you. They're talking to other people. They're talking to possibly other companies, you know, um, neighbors, relatives on, on what to kind of expect. They already plan on, okay, um, this is how I'm going to get out of, out of saying, yes, I'm going to tell them I have to think about it or, you know, my other spouse is at home. So by me going in there on these buddy checks live with, with, with the technician, they have no idea what's coming and, they, they don't game plan for me and their guards down. And so once I kind of go through the whole process with the tech and when, when we get towards, you know, um, maybe about 75% way, you know, into the call, then, you know, when they are interested at that point, you know, I almost make it seem like it's a privilege, you know, to sit down with me to design your system versus me turning it over to your average sales department. Um, I call them the suit and tie guys, um, you know, with it. And, you know, most people nowadays, you know, they don't want to deal with the sales side of it, right? Like, you know, buying a car, right? People dread buying the car just because you're there at the dealership all day, you know, things like that. They try to upsell you on certain things after. So, you know, by me doing what I do, I'm walking in there, their, their guards down. Um, they, they're appreciative of, of the, the knowledge and the education that I gave them throughout the call. And, you know, nine out of 10 times, they, they want to sit down with me versus turning it over to the sales department and the only thing I ask them before we do sit down is that they're open-minded you know to moving forward with something uh, while we're there because you know I'm not um, I'm not in the sales department where I'm going to just leave a written estimate that's what you want I'll turn it over to the sales department and of course you know no I don't want that so you know I do the whole takeaway thing um, you know obviously and and it's just worked for me and you know like I said I just took it to a whole next level in the last, I would say, my first year as a as a company advisor, my last year as a senior technician, I did three and a half million. 2015, and then 2016, uh, 17, 18, and I was already always in the the four millions, four, four and a half, upper fours. You know, never quite hit the the five million. And then once I uh, 2020 hit, that's when um, I was just full board, just running nothing but buddy checks with my guys, and I had a great group of guys at the time. And uh, that's when I did the seven and a half million on just doing these buddy checks, Whew. you know, as far as, yeah, you know, so it was just, it's just amazing um, to see what, um, uh, you know, can, the outcome of, of getting, and, and again, the key is it's not just getting any three techs, you know, and, and that's what I want to make that clear. Um, you want to have technicians that buy into to your, your process, buy into your system, because I've had, uh, you know, a, a few techs. Um, throughout the years, they did not buy in. And, you know, I had to, you know, uh, kind of weed those guys out and, and get guys in that, that did buy into it. And, you know, when I train these guys, the other good thing about this, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. When I say that is not only for, you know, myself, right, my numbers, my, my income, but also the technician. Every time there's a tech that's, that's in my group, they end up, you know, if not doubling their income, um, you know, because of the um, the larger tickets that I'm, that I'm getting for them and, you know, uh, the closing rate and, and, and such as. So basically, um, and then the, the key is for the company, the company benefits that because there's no better training than the technician seeing you live from when you walk through that door to when you walk out that door. Right. And every way I train these, these techs, I train them as when I used to be a turning tech to when I was a senior tech and the way, you know, as a company advisor now, 
I train them because one day, right, they want to be a senior technician and eventually, um, uh, you know, comfort advisor. And they're going to be, you know, successful as well by being with me for that long period of time, handling, you know, uh, the objections and, and, and closing and, and offering, you know, uh, the benefits to the homeowner. And, you know, the guys who have bought into it, you know, some of them, you know, are selling on their own now and they're the most successful out of the company um, that they work for. Um, you know, because of that and the, and the, and the techs who did not buy into it, you know, they're doing okay, but they can be doing a lot better. Um, and, and those are the ones who did not buy into it. So it, it's, it's not just getting any three guys. You need to have that relationship with them. I'm not saying you have to be best friends with them outside of work, but it, it helps being, you know, some type of personal relationship. And, um, you know, you both have a common goal, um, with it and, and just buy into the, the, the process. So, that's what's what's helped make me so successful and and all the techs who i've had um, on my team um, has um, enjoyed that success as well themselves yeah i love that collaboration daniel and the the selection of those technicians is how does that work for you is that something that you're personally picking your team or does your team get assigned to you what does that look like so yeah so basically and then once you once you mesh with those when you find three and i say three guys because um, you know, you can get maybe a fourth, but sometimes when you get in, into the busy seasons, it, it's hard to, um, y- you know, be able to, um, spend time with, with, with all four guys. That's why I think three is perfect, but yeah, you basically like at the beginning of it, you kind of, um, you know, built that relationship with those techs by, you know, cause at the beginning they would turn leads and then I would go run their leads and then I would talk with them and, and give them the, the, the positive feedback, you know, Hey, th- this could have been. Um, done better or you know maybe you should have done this or said this and I look at their their reactions to, to that feedback I'm giving them anybody who you know wants to get better um, and even myself you know 22 years later in this industry I'm always open-minded to to getting better and, and even learning um, new things and you know and so that's what I look for in the technicians technicians that are hungry right um, technicians that are willing to work you know not ones that are going to you know, slack off, cut corners, you know, call off work all the time, you know, and I just have a good, one of the things I've, I've always been blessed with is I don't have too many talents to be honest with you. I'm not the most, you know, athletic, you know, person, but my talent is, is being able to read people. And, and uh, that helps me in, in what I do obviously in sales. And I never realized that talent that I had, you know, until I got into sales. And then once I got into sales and was successful with it, I'm like, man, I've always had that. Like, you know, perfect example, like just even when I was, you know, uh, a teenager in my early 20s, you know, when I'm single and, you know, I can meet a girl at the bar and and, you know, I could be with a buddy of mine or we can, you know, have drinks with these girls. I'll know right off the bat within about maybe 30 minutes of talking with them if, you know, if, if they're really serious, like they're really into us or if they're just using us to buy them drinks. Like I've just been always good about identifying and reading people. Um, it, it's sometimes it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, and the reason why I say it's a blessing and a curse, it's a blessing because it, it makes me a lot of money um, as far as that goes. And it's also a curse because sometimes there's people that are close to you, whether they're family or friends that uh, you see a certain side of them that nobody else can see. And uh, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you know, not uh, the most um, pleasant thing that, that, that you see in it, but uh, that's, that's where the, the curse comes in. Um, you know, that right. Then, you know, it, it would have, not altered our, our relationship um, as far as that goes. So, but that, that's where it starts with, you know, obviously reading, you know, clients is, is definitely going to take your game to another level because you know when to, 
to press, when to back off, when, you know, what approach to take, um, you know, depending on the type of client, the type of personality they have, you know, as far as that goes. So that's basically, um, you know, what helped me um, in, in this whole industry and in, in taking, you know, my revenue and my income and everything to, to, to the next level. And the other good thing about these buddy checks is, you know, you're not, you're not competing with, you know, all these chuck in the trucks and these, you know, companies that, that charge half the price that you do. And so I'm able to get full, full, um, um, full price, you know, book price, I should say, you know, on these sales. And, you know, when I did the seven and a half million in 2020, you know, that was at a 0% discount rate, 0% discount wow. rate right now. Yeah. Right now I, I took a step back hours wise, um, just cause I do have four children and, uh, you know, they're, in the sports and, and dance and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so it does take a lot of my time as well. So I did t- kind of take a step back as far as how many hours I put in. Don't even think but, about um, it. You know, Nate's got four kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's not taking any steps back. You know, like, like, Ishmael, you know, Ishmael will joke around and call me, uh, you know, part time, but even working part time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit 5 million this year, uh, at a 0% discount rate. And in 2020, when I did the seven and a half, my average ticket at that point was 22,000. Um, my average ticket year to date here is 24,000, uh, with a 0% discount rate. And so I take a lot of pride in that. And because why, I mean, number one, right. You know, as a, as a full on commission salesperson, you discount it, what happens? You get less commission, right? Right. Right. You discount it. That's less gross profit for the company. And you know, what also helps me in my success is, is the passion I have, you know, once I get with the company, that's why I don't go from company to company. Um, you know, as far as that goes, you know, I left you know, my other company for personal reasons. And, um, but I have that passion. And when you have that passion for what you do and who you work for, um, I mean, hands down Ishmael, you know, Valdez has been the best owner that I've ever worked for, um, all around. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of that and, you know, the opportunity that uh, he gave me here, you know, at next gen. And, uh, you know, I look at it is, you know, working part time and, and, and still hitting $5 million. I mean, it, it was, um, that was my goal this year because I knew what hours I was going to be putting in was to hit 5 million and, and I'm definitely going to hit it. And so when my return, right, I want to make sure that I'm helping the company as well. And so, the, you know, um, by me not discounting, it's, it's, it's helping the company with more gross profit and, and being able to do other things for the company as a whole. So it's a win-win. It's a win for myself. It's a win for the tech that's with me on my team. It's a win for the, for the company. Um, and so that's, that's how I look at it as. Um, when I do that and sure, I mean, I can sit here and, you know, discount a lot of jobs and, and, and probably sell, you know, seven, $8 million, um, you know, if I did that, but, um, I take a lot of pride in doing it this way. Um, and that's just way I've always, I've always been, um, you know, when it comes down to, when it comes down to selling and especially you guys know, again, commissions, you know, the, the key is that to make as much money as possible. And, you know, if you don't discount it, the other thing is, is right. You're, once you start discounting, you're training your mind. <clears throat> and what I mean by training your mind, we all know the mind's a powerful thing where, you know, you start, you know, the first objection you get and you start to discount it just to, just, just to get that job. Then you're the, the next call you go on, they might've given you an objection, but if you would have, you know, you're not going to right off the bat, just offer a discount. You're going to battle that objection. You know, um, that's one other thing that I take a lot of pride in. I don't, I don't want to train my mind to go that route. Um, and, and that's why, you know, um, to take the, I, I keep take a the lot of pride way. in that discount rate. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken. Yeah, no, way. exactly. Cause to me, to, to me, to be honest with you guys, I mean, people could disagree with me, but when you, when you discount something, 
several thousand dollars just to close it. To me, that's not a sale. That, that's a giveaway, you know, and it's, um, you know, and I get it. We, at the end of the day, we, you know, you um, sometimes need to do that in a slower season, right? You want to keep the installers busy, which, which I'm all for. But um, if everybody, if every salesperson did that at, at the same company, the company wouldn't be as successful, um, you know, at, at the end of the day. So that's, I just take it as it's my company. And if it was my company, you know, I believe in what I'm offering, right? So, you know, you go into all these, you know, designer stores, right? You, you, can you walk into, you know, Christian Louboutin or, or Chanel and, and, oh, hey, you know, uh, that's, that's $5,000 right there. How, would you take, you know, 4500 No, <laughs> you know, they'd laugh at you, right? Um, so if you really buy into what you're selling and your product and, you know, your company as a whole and you, and you have passion behind that, the, the customer is going to believe that. And, you know, at, you know, I never apologize for, for, for our pricing and yeah, well, I got a price, you know, last year for half that price. Yeah, you probably did. I don't, I don't, I don't deny it. But then I just explained to them like, what's the difference between us? You know, it's not a, it's not a plug in device. It's not a refrigerator, an appliance, you know, you don't just plug it in. Um, and whoever gave you the cheaper price, there's, there's 10 different ways to get this done. And that goes back to my, my install background. And I just educate the client that. And once you educate them and you give them the benefits from it, then they're going to want those benefits, right? And I talk about the benefits and all that stuff before I even go over pricing. But I want them to want it. And, and then when they give me that objection, right, oh, it's a lot of money, you know, well, which, which one of those benefits do you want to take away so we can, you know, lower the price? Well, no, I want all those benefits. Well, this is what the cost, the cost is. And it's how you, it's how you present it, you know, and that's just one thing that's always been, you know, it's, it's the confidence, right? It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. So, you know, if I'm telling them, yeah, this project can cost $25,000, I'm looking them right in the eye and telling them it costs $25,000, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm not like, well, you know, like, because if, if you don't believe in your pricing, you don't believe in your install department, you don't believe in, you know, what you're delivering, then the customer is going to read that, you know? And, and, and that's, and there is a there is a missing a, mis, a missing piece there is when you're when you go super shy and coy and timid about presenting yep. that price. If you were if you were showing someone like a buddy how much a you know a, a Lamborghini costs online or a Bugatti or something, you're like, look at this nine hundred thousand dollars. You don't say it all timid and shy like it just it's not worth that. But if you nope. were showing someone nope. a you know two thousand two Toyota Corolla and saying it was $900,000, you would, you would feel a little less confident about even saying it. And, and really, really our, our salespeople need to do, do their homework. I mean, I, I love a salesperson who came from in, so I don't think it's, it's mandatory either, not by any stretch, but you, you guys tend to, you know, Brent Buckley came from install as well. We had him on a few weeks ago. And I find that people who come from install um, in particular they know the value of that installation. Why? How do you guys know the value? Because you've been in the attic when it's 102 outside right. and it's 150 in that attic taking, you know, 10 minute, um, 10 minute sessions up, up in the attic and then going down and cooling off while your boy goes up and does his part or, or whatever it is, you know, how difficult and how grueling that work is. And you know that you as an installer, your boys as installers deserve to get paid uh, significantly for that install. And that has, Absolutely. To, that has to be factored into the job as well as the material yeah. and, and like the difference between, you know, the, the, uh, 
steakhouse version of an HVAC system and the Burger King version of an HVAC system, how the install is done, how it's backed up, the warranty, the, you know, having people live in the call center 24-7 to answer the phone and send someone out versus just getting a hold of Bob who might show up, might answer the phone, probably not going to. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And, and again, I compare that to when, when clients tell me, well, you know, this is, I've had a, an estimate for, for half that price you're, you're telling me. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, and, and let me, let me see that estimate. Let, let me break it down for you and let me see what they're doing versus what we're doing. You know, do, do you want to go to, if you want to, if you want a steak, you want a real, real steak. I mean, do you go to Chili's and get a steak or do you go to maybe Mastro Steakhouse? That does it mean that Mastro Steakhouse oversold you and, 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 you know, was charging you too much? No, what you paid for was that quality and that service that you get at Mastro's versus going to Chili's. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to Chili's, but I'm eh, just saying I've at the end of the day, it's not great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go there personally, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, that's that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I kind of explained. You know, and not every homeowner, right? Not every client is going to be obviously that Mastro's client, that that Nordstrom's of, of heating and air type of client. But it's our job as professionals, you know, to educate them that difference because your average homeowner just thinks, you know, um, the the heating and air conditioning is just it's all installed the same. There's no, you know. Um, challenges or, or, you know, different ways to install it. And they don't realize that they think they treat it like a kitchen appliance, like a plug-in refrigerator. And so it's our job to educate them on if it's not done correctly, it's going to sound louder. It's going to be less energy efficient. It's going to have a shorter life. It's going to take that much longer to cool your home down when we get the high temperatures outside. And when you start educating them on that, you know, and then offer them the benefits of what, you know, uh, in, in my case, I mean, what NextGen offers, it, it's, that's that's part of it, you know, and, and again, oh, and putting on that show, what you talked about. Significantly more than like the quality of the install and like the, the uh, quality of the material. It's like in, in, you know, most parts of the country, this thing is bringing natural gas into the home, like a very yep. combustible material, and then taking carbon monoxide out of the home. So, and yep. not to mention there's all kinds of electrical being connected to it. And to correct, you want to truck in a truck doing that? Exactly. Someone who you really, really don't know how much training they've had. And even if you can find out, you don't know what kind of backing they have in terms of, of warranty and service reputation should be a huge, huge thing for anyone having this kind of equipment put in their home. I mean, it's not, it's not a refrigerator. Refrigerators, you just plug it into the wall, maybe you hook a water line up to it. But even in the yeah. water line part, I'd be like, you know, me personally, I got a finished basement. So I'm going to be real careful about who hooks up water lines on the main floor, you know, right over the furniture in the basement. Um, yeah, especially not, the ones in the attic. Yeah, or in the attic, yeah, over the main floor. Yeah, so all that yeah. should factor in, and all that needs to factor into our conversations about you might not be a steakhouse person. You might not go eat at steakhouses regularly. We ain't talking about food here. We're talking about something much more serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just more of, um, you know, half the time, um, you know, the, these systems are installed incorrectly. They're not sized properly. Um, you know, they're, they're just not installed correctly. And, and it's our job as, you know, whatever you want to call yourself a company advisor, you know, and, and, in my case, I don't, I don't look at myself as a, I know that's what I do, obviously, but I don't look at myself as a company advisor. Um, you're a steak I chef. Look at myself still. Yeah. No, I, I look at myself still as like a senior technician. You know, I used to make these videos when, you know, I'd crawl underneath the house and, or in an, in a, in an attic when it was 100 and, 
something degrees up there and then, and I'd make these little videos crawling through and I would send it to my coworkers, you know, um, like I, I feel like I'm a, a senior tech, uh, or excuse me, I'm a comfort advisor stuck in a senior tech body. Like I'm crawling around <laughs> what, what comfort advisor would crawl through here and dripping sweat all over my face. I've had homeowners apologize to me when I come down from their attic, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, with a paper towel to wipe my face and, you know, and with the water, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, <laughs> cause I'm coming down. And so, you know, again, I'm putting on the show and I'm, um, I'm, I'm, and once it comes down to offering what I'm going to offer, I mean, in my eyes, to be honest with you, I'd rather, if I'm going to do something at my house personally, I'd rather deal with someone like in my position versus, you know, someone that was selling maybe solar panels a year ago. And now they're an expert in heating and air, you know, who do you want designing your system? So Daniel, I want to go back to the the technician piece because that seems to be an important uh, an important strategy to this entire tactic. But how how are you creating a win win for you and the technician who you are riding with? Is that something that is set up, you know, from the beginning? Or are they expecting that? Is it something that you have to convince them of that this is going to be worthwhile? What does that look like, and how do you go about getting everybody on the same page? Um, so so basically, um, again, it goes back to you know, um, getting to know these technicians, right? Cause it, it didn't start by them being on my actual team. It started, it started by me getting to know them at the company, you know, whether, you know, uh, we're in a meeting or, or such as, or just walking through the company. And then also, you know, they're going to turn a lead, right. And then you're going to go run those leads. And when I used to run those leads, I would sit them down and, and kind of give them, you know, positive feedback. Right. And I would see how they would react to that. Um, and again, it goes back to me being able to read people very well. So when I can read from that technician, he's very open-minded to, to, to getting positive feedback, you know, positive criticism and, and, and eager to, to learn and, and, and want to get better and, you know, wants to make X amount of money, you know, for him and his family. And he has that same hunger, that same drive. I can sense that right off the bat. You know, I only have to run maybe a couple of calls with them, have a couple of conversations with them and I'll know right off the bat. And those ones that I sense that have all those things I just mentioned, that's the person I want on my team. And also it's, it's, it's earning their respect, right? I'm not going to just go in there. I'm going to go in there with them. I'm going to, again, uh, help them physically. I'm, I'm going to help that, that call be that much more easier for them physically wise, meaning I'm going to carry their ladder. I'm going to help carry their tools. I'm going to help open up the system, help put it back. I'm going to, Hey, you know, you're putting the outside unit back together. Let me go put the inside unit back together. Um, and that's earning their respect. You know, because I'm never going to ask a technician to do something that I wouldn't personally do. Um, I would never, never do that. And, and they know that. So if I ask them, hey, um, you know, did you, did you, did you crawl through the attic? You know, did, you know, what's the condition of the ductwork? No, you know what? I, I didn't. I'll get the letter. Let me see your letter. I'll get my letter. I'll get his letter and I'll go up there myself and crawl through there and come out sweaty and dirty and show him the pictures what I did. You think the next call that I'm going to go on? You know, he's like, man, if he, if he did it, I better make sure that I, I go do that myself. You know what I mean? So it's just leading by example um, and then being able to to identify what techs have the same hunger, the same passion that you do and that you guys kind of, you know, mix well personality wise. And, um, you know, that's how I ended up choosing my team. And, you know, a lot of the guys that are on my team, you know, over the years, I'm actually friends with them as well, even outside of work. And so that definitely helps too. And again, it's just that mutual respect for one another and not treating them as, Hey, I'm your boss or I'm your, uh, I'm above you. No, we're at the same level. And if you really buy into the process that I'm going to explain to you and show you, not just explain, but showing, I guarantee you, you're going to make more money 
And I have not had one tech on my team that has not doubled their revenue and income being on my team. And so the, the, the proof is in the pudding and they see that and they're just like, wow, you know, I mean, now I got guys that, that you know, fight to want to be on my team. You know, now I am going to have those guys do things that they maybe wouldn't do, right? Like, you know, we all have those lazy days. We all have those, ah, I don't feel it. Ah, I don't think this client's interested, so I'm not going to go in the attic today. Or I'm not going to pull apart the heat exchanger of the furnace. Uh-uh. You know, I'll go in there. If I don't see, hey, what's the condition of this coil? Oh, uh, you know what? I don't know. Let me see your tools. And I start opening it up myself. I don't yell at them. I don't, you know, hey, I just do it myself. And then I lead by example by doing it myself. And just hope that they catch on and, you know, they're going to start doing it themselves, too, because they see that by doing this process, we're going to be able to get that sale, um, you know, um, a lot easier than, than if you did not do that process. So, And I always, when techs tell me in the past, you know, when the ones that I didn't get to walk in with, you know, and I had to go after the fact, um, you know, hey, I didn't get a chance to go into the attic. You know, I'm sorry. Don't tell me sorry. <laughs> you know, go home to your family and tell them sorry that you didn't give it your all today at work because I'm going to eat regardless. You know what I mean? But if you want to eat with me, like you have to follow this process. And again, I, I, and the reason why you know, I've, it's easier to earn their respect is because they know my background and they know everything that I'm teaching them and showing them. I did when I was a turning tech, not too many comfort advisors were turning techs. So I was a turning tech. I turned leads for a year. And when I turned leads for that year, everybody would, all the comfort advisors would fight over my leads. And the reason why they fight over my leads, because again, I had, had a high closing rate on, on my lead selling and the comfort advisors could not even do their presentation. I kid you not. They start doing their presentation, start talking about the background of the company. Daniel told me that. Daniel told me this. Daniel told me that. I act, I'm actually interested in the gold model system. You know, Daniel um, told me the benefits of that gold. That's the one I want. Before they even knew the price. And it's because I took it and I explained to the technicians this way. Um, and this is how I learned, you know, when, when I was turning, that's my money, right? As much as I respect the comfort advisors, I'm not going to trust them. It's like me asking you, the technician, Hey, would you, you know, how much do you trust me? I trust you, Daniel. Okay. Do, do you trust me enough to give me your bank account information? Well, Hey, hey you know, not that much trust. Okay. Well then why are you trusting with your money and not trying to do everything in your power to make sure that this job, you know, uh, is set up to its best, you know, have the best chance of selling and closing. You know, and, and, and they, didn't, they don't look at it that way. I mean, that's your money. Don't just rely on me to come close it. Like, do everything in your power as a turning tech, you know, because, again, I don't get to everybody walking in with every, every tech. So a lot of times I do got to come back with them the next day or, you know, when both homeowners aren't, aren't you know, aren't available. So there's a lot of times I do got to return, and they know, all my guys now know, like, they won't call me unless they did every step and all the processes because they know that we're going to have that conversation after if they didn't. Like why? Explain to me why you didn't do it. You know what I mean? So that's that's how I just kind of kind of present it, and I just earn their respect from day one, and you know, continue to do everything I ask them to do. I do it with them, you know, and you know that 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 makes them want to to go to battle and and do everything um, to make that call the most successful. Now, Daniel, and there's a uh, you know a dozen different ways of doing commission payouts and things like that. Um, with this buddy system, you know, it's, it's very unique and I, I really enjoy and appreciate the concept that it's bringing here. You said that the technicians are typically doubling their income or it's not uncommon for that to happen. And obviously a part of that is just watching, you know, a professional like you in action and taking notes and then applying those to the next time that they're by themselves. But is there a Correct. win, is there a win for them monetarily as well? If you sell a system while you're there with them? Um, 
well, as far as them being on my team, like, yeah. So whether I sell it same day, I mean, I'd say I walk in with them or, um, you know, they call me after the fact, um, you know, Hey, you know, I got something going on here and they get me in the door and I come after, or, um, you know, they reset it for the next day to come back. They're going to get the same pay regardless. Um, but by them just in generally being on my team, they know that, uh, again, like I mentioned, my average ticket is, is 24,000 year to date, um, here. So I'm going to get them a bigger ticket. Like for example, if they were just turned it over to just, you know, your average, you know, any comfort advisor that come and, and sell it, I'm not saying that it would not sell, but by me coming and, and, and closing that deal, they know I'm going to double that, that average ticket. And so by the bigger that average ticket, right, the more percentage that they get, cause they get a certain percentage, you know, off of the sales. And so, the larger the ticket, the more the more they're going to get into their pocket, you know. And then when they eventually uh, have that goal to go on their own, they're not going to be afraid to offer twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, forty, fifty thousand dollar option. You know, what I mean, because they had that experience with me, that confidence in being able to not just saying it, but how to say it. Um, so it does benefit them. That's what I mean by when I double their income and their revenue, and by them doubling their revenue, right? That that opens the eyes of ownership and management where they're going to be the next ones to be promoted to that next position. Um, it's just an ongoing cycle and it just benefits the, the, you know, the company as a whole. Now, Daniel, another question is, you know, how, how do we enter into these conversations, right? So you, you said you spend a lot of time working with the technician in the attic, under the crawl space, all these things. At what point does your conversation start and the technician's conversation stop? Or are you both sitting at the table with the homeowner? And if so, how do you not feel like you're tag teaming them? Are, are you sitting at the homeowner while the technician's still doing things? Or how do you enter into that conversation gracefully uh, while not making the technician feel out of the loop, but also not tag teaming the homeowner? No, that's a great question. Um, so obviously every situation, every homeowner is going to be a little bit different. Um, but however, when we walk into these calls, again, you, you wouldn't be able, if you're the homeowner, you wouldn't be able to tell, you know, who's the lead tech or who's not that we just, we're, we're kind of equal cause we're doing equal things together. Um, I absolutely let the technician, you know, um, you know, uh, talk with the homeowner and, and present certain things. The times where I jump in is when I don't like what the technician's saying, or maybe he's talking a little too much, then I'll jump in. Um, you know, and, and kind of take over that conversation. So it's kind of like a feel that I get when I'm in there. Um, you know, I want to try to at least keep it like a 50, 50, you know, type of thing. And, um, I'll, I'll know when to, there's times where the technician is probably speaking 50%, maybe even 60% of the time, um, to be honest with you, sometimes even more. Um, and then there's times where it reverses and I speak a lot more. It just depends on the client and their personality and how they're meshing with the tech and how the tech is presenting things. And then once we're done with that call, then I have that conversation with the tech after, Hey, you know what? I didn't mean to talk over you, but this is why I did that. You know, next time, you know, maybe we're, um, you know, going on a little too much on that same subject or, you know, you didn't let the homeowner, you know, get a word in. And so I coach them, you know, I'll coach them after. And by being with me for, for so long, we kind of, the goal is to like kind of be able to finish each other's sentences. You know, so, you know, a lot of times with the technician will start talking and then I'll jump in and finish that sentence or vice versa. I'll start talking and then the technician will finish my sentence. And then a lot of times where the technician will give this information to the homeowner. And then when I come in, 
and I start giving that same information, the homeowner's like, well, yeah, you know, your technician, you know, was saying the same thing. But now at that point, that's when I introduce myself as like a field supervisor. And, you know, a lot of times my technician can recommend certain things, right. And give a certain recommendation, you know, and have a concern that they're showing to the homeowner. But then when a supervisor comes in and verifies those concerns, it's just more believable. It's more powerful coming from a field supervisor in a uniform versus the tech himself. And, and that's why when I was a senior tech myself, you know, now again, that was some time ago, but you know, I did three and a half million with my, with my last year. Um, and look at my, my, my re- ever since then I have not gone under four. So it really helps. Um, even like if I were a senior tech today by myself selling, would I be putting up seven million, eight million, you know, dollars doing something like? Probably not, to be honest with you. That's why I love the buddy check process because it's just a lot of times when a technician says something to the homeowner, it's more powerful and believable when myself comes in behind and says the exact same thing, but it's coming from someone in my position. So, Daniel, what what does that practically sound like? If you were selling, I shouldn't say that, if you were starting to have a conversation with Brian over here, and Brian's the homeowner, and you you and and your tech, uh, what's one of your tech's names? Christian. Christian. You and Christian are both out the home today. You know, Brian happens to be off today, so he's actually at home. Uh, Maybe his wife is out running errands. And so it's just Brian at the table. Are you saying like, hey, Brian, you know, can I sit down with you here? Christian had a couple recommendations I want to go over with you. Or, you know, maybe just role play that a little bit for us. Yeah. So, um, again, I always do the very minimum at the table, to be honest with you. You know, again, you're, I don't want to say normal, but your way of, you know, kind of doing things, you sit at the table, right, and go over a presentation and go over certain things. I do all of that. I would do that with Brian throughout the call. And, and educate him and show him things um, like at the unit, you know, invite him to go up to the attic with me, um, invite him to go outside and, and see these things. It's not just telling them and showing them. Right. And, and sorry to interrupt and you, Daniel, doing- are, are you doing that based off of Christian's recommendations or are you presenting yourself as the authority figure in that moment? Yeah. Like for example, say Chris, say I didn't walk in with Christian um, while he was at Brian's house and he had called me maybe an hour into it. Basically, he'll call me and he'll role play it in front of Brian, you know, saying, hey, Daniel, you know, by any chance I'm over here in, you know, Anaheim, um, by any chance are you anywhere near the area? reason I'm calling you is just I'm, I'm finding these concerns, you know, going on with, with the system. And I would like to have a second pair of eyes um, to, to see what's best for the homeowner moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. You know what? I'm actually about 20 minutes away from you, 30 minutes away, whatever it is. Um, I'll be there shortly. Let, let's see what we can, let's see trying to get more life out of this unit for Brian. So R- Brian's hearing that. And so he's expecting me, uh, uh, his guards down. Like I'm, I'm his friend at the point, like, Hey, I'm going to try to see if we can get more life out of this system for you. And once I go in there, then yes, I start going through it myself with the tech. I have the tech walk me through, show me where everything's at. What are concerns are you finding? Then I'm verifying those concerns and I'm bringing Brian over right there. I don't, I don't go to the table and explain those concerns to him. I show him in real time, um, right then and there. And then I'm going to know right off the bat that his wife is, is out running errands. And, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, sense right off the bat, whether Brian is the decision maker or, or his wife is, or maybe it's an equal thing. And, you know, we all, you know, again, a lot of the, the guys are, you know, the husbands will say, Oh, I make all the decisions here. Oh, cool. Okay. So, I mean, you can literally go to the car dealership and spend 50 grand without even mentioning it to your wife. 
well, I mean, you know, then they start backpedaling, <laughs> yeah, you know, then right. and I, and I call, yeah. And I call them out on it. And I mean, well, come on guys. Like, a, you know, even myself, like I would want my wife to be here. This is a big project, you know? So I have them get, get her on the phone. Uh, I would have Brian, you know, get his wife on the phone. And if Brian sits there and tells me, well, nah, she's busy. Okay. Well, Brian, how important is this to you? Right. You know what I mean? Because again, at the end of the day, if there's an issue with my dishwasher, I can care less. Like I'm not making time. Um, you know what I mean? But if it's something that's truly important to me, I'm going to make all the time in the world. And unless, you know, you're a doctor in surgery or maybe a police officer or in the military or a firefighter, most people can answer their phones. You know what I mean? What if there's an emergency when they tell me, oh, she's busy. Really? So if there's an emergency right now, you can't get a hold of her. You know, I, I call them out on that, but I built that kind of rapport and that relationship with them to be able to, to say it. And I say it in a certain way where it's not like disrespectful or it's not, you know what I mean? Because again, at the end of the day, Brian, if that's all you're looking for is a price like that, let me call the sales, the suit and tie guys. They are about two weeks out and I'll make an appointment with you. Well, no, you know, I remember I don't want to do, okay, well, let's, you might want to maybe, maybe shoot your wife a text or, you know, get your wife on the phone. And if it's something where I can bring her back the same day, then that's when, which would be my goal. And, and that's when I would sit down and present, you know, the options of the different systems and, and, and the figures and the numbers and everything. Now, if she's, you know, out of town, I'm going to reset that call. If she's not available on, on, on the phone to like maybe help make a decision on the phone, then I'm going to reset that call and come back when Brian and his wife can be there. Um, because again, I'm not, once I give Brian all that information, right. And then I leave, then, then Brian's able to talk, have that information and talk to his neighbors, talk to his friends, talk to his family, even call another company in. And, you know, so that, that's why, um, I don't like, I won't give that information unless I know both decision makers are, are someone involved. Right. Absolutely. That's something that is, uh, you know, so critical in terms of having a, a successful conclusion to that. And, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that you have developed in this buddy system, specifically on the revisit? You know, if, if everybody's not available at that time, are you and the technician going back out at the, another time? Or is that just you at that point? Yes. So I absolutely, I'm a big believer in the tech coming back with me for two different reasons. Does it always be able to happen like that? No, because sometimes, you know, especially here in California, like when we're in the middle of summer and we have 100 degree weather out, right? We have so many calls that my guys have to run. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I want them to go, but especially if it's not extremely busy, I want them coming back with me for two reasons. Those two reasons is for, uh, I don't know how many times I can tell you, I went over on even a next day lead when I would run a tech turn lead from somebody in the past. And the homeowner says the opposite of everything that my tech told me that the homeowner is doing and insane. And so if the technician's there with me, the technician, the, the homeowner's not going to lie because the tech's right there and the tech can actually call him out. Well, what do you mean? You actually told me you were open-minded to doing something. Um, you know, that this is why I brought, you know, went out of my way and, and pulled some strings and got Daniel to come back with me versus just setting this appointment with the suit and tie guys. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, you're right. I guess, you know, when they start trying to give me objections. Um, so I want the tech there for that reason. So the homeowner can't say things, you know what I mean? Versus what the tech said. So everybody's on the same page. And second, I want that tech to, to get that training, right? To, to see it live, see me presenting it, see me handling the objections, see me closing it. Uh, why did you say this? Why, you know, what made you say that? Um, and that way, so that's another reason why I want that tech there you know, versus just, you know, tur turning it over um, and, and me going by myself, which, which does happen. It does happen, but I do not prefer it that way. 
Now, Dan, you said a fair amount of your time when you're not running those types of buddy checks is spent role playing with your technicians. You know, what does that yeah. look like? And, uh, you know, how do you find time to do that when they're not on a call or are you role playing with them while they're on the call, such as you sort of just did there for us? Yeah. So the role playing is going to be when they're on the call. And so the tech, like I said, I can't walk into all three techs. Say they all have 10 o'clock AM or nine o'clock AM morning calls. I can't, you know, walk into all with all three of them. Right. So, um, I'll walk in with, with, with one of them and then, you know, even when I'm on the call there, my technician is calling me, they know like to give me the, the heads up if it's going to be a role play, either they're text me ahead of time saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm about to call you in five minutes to role play. Cool. Then I can remove myself from the homeowner's home and, and walk out to my truck and, and answer that phone call. Um, you know, or they'll call me multiple times and I know it's something pressing, you know, as far as that goes. And I will always answer that phone unless I'm like in the very middle of like presenting options to a homeowner, you know, um, th then I won't, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot a quick text to my, to my tech, Hey, dude, give me five minutes or 10 minutes. You know what I mean? And I'll call you right back. But how that works is again, this is another way I love, you know, getting into the client's homes. I don't like just when I'm not walking in with a tech, I don't like just to show up, you know, and, Oh, Hey, I happen to be in the area or, you know, whatever. I don't like doing that. I like the homeowner knowing that I'm coming and that's where the role playing comes in. They'll call me and said, Hey, Daniel, I've been here now for about an hour, hour and a half. You know, I'm finding these concerns going on with the system. I did give the homeowner some, some repair options. I just don't know if that's what's best, you know, uh, for them considering the age of this unit. Um, you know, is there any way, you know, you, are you happen to be in the area? Can you come out and, and maybe give me a second pair of eyes? I know you've been doing this a lot, you know, a heck of a lot longer than I have, you know, and they start telling him my background, he's been doing it for 22 years and things like that. You know, if anybody can try to extend the life out of this thing, it's going to be Daniel. And so that's when I said, yeah, you know what, Christian, let me, um, let me, let me see what I can, uh, I can be there. What's your address? They'll tell me the address. You know what? I'm about 25 minutes away from you. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just wrapping up here, helping out a technician. You know, I can get to you in about 30 to 45 minutes. All right, cool. You know, uh, Christian, if you haven't had a chance to, you know, grab a bite to eat, maybe go grab a bite to eat and, you know, um, I'll meet you there in about 45 minutes, depending on where the call's at. Um, and, and the homeowner's hearing that, that I'm, I'm basically, I'm not going there for pricing. Absolutely. I want to make that clear. I'm not going there for pricing. I am going there to confirm what my technician is finding and to hopefully give a lesser cost solution to the homeowner, you know, um, as far as that goes. And that's how that role play works. It's, it's nothing about, now there is times, there is some times where the unit is just extremely old and it's non-op and the, the technician that I didn't walk in with called me and said, hey, the homeowner is really interested in replacement. Um, wait, Christian, is there a reason why you didn't call the sales department? Well, yeah, you know what? He doesn't want to deal with the sales end of it, and they are about two weeks out. This is something that, you know, he, he wants to try to get done sooner than later, and he'd rather have I told him who you were and your background was and sometimes, you know, what you can do compared to the sales department. You know, everybody knows sales is based off of commissions. You know, I tell him I'm on a salary pay. You know what? Let me go in there if it's something that you're really serious about, and I make it perfectly clear to them. I'm, I can't just leave rent an estimate. If that's what you're looking for, let Christian make the appointment for the sales guys in two weeks. And they'll tell me, well, no, no, I don't want to go that route. I am open-minded to doing something, but of course I need some hard numbers and stuff like that. And, um, and that's why I'm a big believer in price conditioning. I know we haven't got to, got to that, but um, I'm a big believer in having the technicians price condition home, not give pricing like ballparks and price conditioning, because I don't want that homeowner falling out of the chair you know, once I go there to give um, a price and, and there's a meaning behind that, because again, say, say, you know, uh, if I'm in the market to go buy a, 
say a, a Corvette, right? And I, this is my Corvette. I've been thinking about it for the last couple of months. This is I, I'm, I'm estimating my my uh, payment to be. This is what the total of the car is going to be. It's going to end up being about you know maybe eighty grand. And I walk into the dealership, and all of a sudden that eighty grand turns into one hundred and twenty grand. Whoa! Like hold up, like like well, I need to think about this some more. Now I wasn't expecting that, you know. So, but if that if that salesman at the Corvette dealership would have prepped me, you know, uh, before I went out there, yeah, you know what these things depending on what these things can reach up to 120 grand, you know, depending on what you want, uh, what features you want in this car. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm already prepared. I'm not falling out of my chair. So that's why I'm a big believer in having my tech price condition, you know, um, so the homeowner has an idea of, of what cost can be. Because again, sometimes homeowners think it's like a water heater and you can put a whole HVAC system in for, you know, five grand, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you might've been able to, but not now, at least not where, you know, where I'm at in California, you know, so um, that's, that's where, um, I get like a verbal commitment that the homeowner is open-minded. Now, of course, I'm not going to be able to tell you a yes or no without knowing a hard number, but I just want them to be at least open-minded to, to, uh, moving forward with something if I do come out. And it's perfectly fine if you're not, if you're not, shoot and tie, guys. You know, if I do the takeaway, which, which, which do you prefer? You know what I mean? So that's, that's how I go when it comes to the role playing. There's two different ways. I either, A, just go to confirm things without going over pricing, um, or the other way is the homeowner is already at that point where, you know, he does want to hear pricing, and then, you know, I create the urgency that way. I love it, Daniel. <clears throat> so, you know, this is a, a definitely a, a different approach, a, a different take on how to make commission sales work, and I think it's very effective and innovative. If some people out there who are probably still operating more in the traditional method of uh, the, the tech turn, you know, in the suit and tie model and all that, if they're considering uh, trying this avenue out, what would be some of the uh, key cautions you would have for them in stepping into this new style? Um, so it depends on that, that company advisor's background, right? Um, if, he's, if he's not, and again, you don't have to have an installed background. You don't have to have a technician background. But if you don't have those things, then before you step into that role or, or consider doing that, educate yourself more, right? Um, you know, whether you want to do it right along with technicians who are technical and learn more about the system, learn, you know, right along with the installers, learn more about the install from start to finish, learn more about the technical side of it, um, learn more about the codes and, and, and things like that. And once you educate yourself doing that, then yes, this will work. Because if you try to put on a uniform, and you have no idea, you're not technical one bit or know how an install goes, it's going to be hard to sell that to the homeowner. The homeowners are, you know, very smart these days and they can read, you know, read that off of, uh, off of people, um, just like I can read off of homeowners, you know, when they're serious about something and when they're just window shopping or BSing me. Um, so that's my recommendations to anybody who's trying to, and again, I'm not trying to take away, you know, the tech turn leads are always going to be there. Market leads, tech turnover leads are always going to be there. You know, still do those things. Just if you can add this to your arsenal, I guarantee you, you're going to increase your revenue and your income. And if you were able to close it on this type of call, like a buddy check, you're going to be able to get a higher ticket with less of a discount. Um, as far as that goes, because you're taking them off the market same day. So it's tough. Um, it is, it can be tough to like, to think about having the tech sit and wait for the CA to get there. But when you think about the fact that, I mean, in, at most companies, it's your biggest, most profitable job that that one yeah. job can, you can get a significantly higher, I mean, maybe 20% higher 
than you would just doing a, a tech turnover. It makes it well Correct. worth it to, to leave the tech there or even have the tech go back with the comfort advisor, you know, when the spouse is going to be home. Correct. Correct. Because we all know, right. I don't care what call it is, whether it's a, um, a turnover lead or let's just say a turnover lead, right. Every day that goes by, there's a certain percentage that drops and being able to close that call. Um, as far as that goes. So that's why the, the sooner, even within 24 hours, you know, and again, a lot of times I'm not saying all my sales are same day and absolutely not. The majority of them are, but there's a lot of them that are not where I do got to go back, whether it's, you know, the, the other spouse isn't there for whatever reason, timing with the homeowner um, is, is that it's going to be that much higher percentage of not only closing it, but at the highest ticket possible. So yeah, now I'm very, you know, reasonable, right? Where say I just, I'm, I'm barely getting to a call and I'm in like, again, I'm familiar with, with California, but if I'm in like Orange County, South Orange County, and one of my guys is in deep LA, right? And he needs me at his call. And I still have about maybe an hour and a half at this call, two hours at this call, and then another hour of the drive to him. I'm not going to make him wait three hours. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's going to be some times where I'll tell the tech, you know, hey, have you gotten lunch yet? No, you know what? Go grab lunch, you know, as far as that goes. And then meet me back at that call. Um, and depending on what time of year it is, if it's in the middle of summer and we have 100 degree weather constantly, no. I'm going to go and do a lot of role playing over the phone to to um, see how serious this homeowner is. And then I'll have my tech go to another call. But, yes, you are correct. The, the more I can get that tech there with me, the better chances of that sale closing and that technician being able to see, say it didn't close he can see why it didn't close and versus why it did close. You know what I mean? And he can learn from it when, you know, his next call, not just his next call, but his next position eventually that he wants to get to. So you said you did, uh, you did a regular turnover comfort advisor for a time before you moved to this model. Was that correct? Yeah. So what, what was your, what's the difference in your conversion rate on the turnover versus this model? Like you're talking about when I used to run uh, tech turn leads. Correct. Okay. Yo, so let, let real so quick, run, real quick, explain what a tech turn lead is versus this model for anyone who doesn't know what this style of uh, particular people who aren't in HVAC. Yeah. So a, a tech turn lead basically is, and, and, and I said this when I was in, in, in Vegas, just because a tech, just because a homeowner asked for a price and the tech sets that up for you to go back out there, that's not a tech turn lead to me. At that point, that's a no charge estimate. They're interested in, in a price. So it's the job for the technician to turn it into a tech turn lead. So a tech turn lead basically is the technician, you know, obviously going through his process, homeowner's interested. I don't want to spend two, three grand on repairs. I'd rather look at a more permanent solution because of the age of my equipment. Um, you know, uh, when can someone come out, you know, to, to, to give me a price? And that's where I want that technician to basically, uh, you know, go through the whole process of like what's, what separates next gen from, from the next company how important it is to install that system correctly, what to look for, Mr. Homeowner, um, when my guy, when, when he comes out here. And then that technician actually calls into the office and, and sets up an appointment for a company advisor to go out, you know, either later that day or next day or two days later. That, and then you, that's a tech turn lead. And that's when you go out there and basically you're, you're by yourself. You, you walk up to the homeowner's home to give them pricing. Um, that is a tech turn lead versus what I do as a buddy check, that's why it's called buddy checks or training. Vi- Another word is training visits, basically where you walk in with the tech in real time, um, uh, and and 
you're basically there to do help do his service call that he's there for, whether it's a tune-up, whether it's a repair call, you're there and you're going through the process with the tech and hopefully being able to present options and, and taking them off the market that same day. That's a buddy check slash training visit versus a check turnover lead. Hey, uh, great stuff today, Daniel. We've really appreciated having you on. And as we start bringing in things for a landing here, you know, a couple of questions are still stirring around. Um, one of which being, you know, <clears throat> if you mentioned that you have a team of typically three to four, what happens when one of those guys drops out or, or um, and you can, you can present that answer in a couple of different ways. You know, maybe, maybe they moved on or maybe they got promoted, right? So they, they excelled and now you have an opening. How do you fill that opening? Uh, or conversely, you know, maybe somebody, uh, I mean, not, not everybody is always as goal oriented as you are perhaps. And maybe somebody just doesn't quite buy into the system like they originally had. What does that look like as well? So kind of a two-parter. Yeah. So, um, to answer the, the, the first part of it, and again, that's always the goal, right? I mean, you're not going to have somebody with you, you know, for five straight years. I mean, you would hope not. I mean, much as I would love to have that person, you know, right. Instead of having to start over again um, with another tech, but you know, you just kind of start to know when that technician is ready. Okay. You know what? I think probably by next year, um, I'm going to actually, um, you know, fight for him to, to go to that next level and get promoted. Um, and then during that time is when I start looking, I don't wait until he leaves. And I mean, I'm already starting to prep, okay, who's going to come in and fill that hole. And, you know, by then I've already built some relationships with technicians, whether it was, you know, I happen to run a tech turn lead from them or whether it's just talking to them at the office. Um, you know, I kind of know who, um, I'm eyeing and then, you know, I'll go out, take that person out to lunch, whatever, kind of explain, you know, what I do, what my process is, and just kind of get a good feel for him. And if I feel like it's a good fit, great, then he'll slide right in once my tech, you know, uh, my other tech moves on and, you know, moves forward um, as far as that goes. So that's, that's how I kind of present that um, versus, you know, to give you an example, like I said, I've had a few techs that I've had to, sometimes it was mutual and sometimes it was just on me, like, you know, this is not going to work out. And like I said, sometimes it was mutual with a technician, hey, you know what, <clears throat> I, I don't think because they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. I'm going to have that technician do things to get out of their comfort zone. And not everybody wants to get out of their comfort zone. And I'm able to identify that right away. Um, and, you know, if, 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 if you are willing to do those things, great. We're going to work together. If not, you know, um, nothing personal against you. But, hey, it's just, you know, I want you to eat. You're just not going to eat at my table. You know what I mean? Um, maybe you'd be better off with another comfort advisor um, that doesn't expect certain things or have a process that I do. You know what I mean? As far as that goes. So that's kind of how I, I, I fill in the gaps once the technician is getting ready to leave um, or how I handle it. If I do have them on my team and it's just not working out, that, that's happened a few times. Gotcha. Uh, another question for you there. So does NextGen have more than HVAC under its umbrella? Yes, uh, they do plumbing as well. Uh, any chance that you've tried the same strategy uh, where you're doing buddy system on the plumbing side? Yeah, so I personally have not because I don't have a plumbing background. So I have not done an actual buddy check um, as far as on the plumbing side of it. No, absolutely not because none of my techs either have a plumbing background. However, our plumbing department has taken on the whole training visit buddy check role as well. So those guys that I constantly talk to, you know, we have that relationship with because sometimes they'll flip over an HVAC, you know, lead on their plumbing call or vice versa. And, you know, so we get to know one another. Um 
you know, so they're actually running a similar, you know, um, I can't sit here and tell you how they do it or if they do it the way I do things that I don't know because I'm not on those calls, but we do have a buddy check process for the plumbing department as well. Nice. Uh, any chance that you've ever tried it while, you know, not necessarily trying to do the buddy system for plumbing, but riding along with a plumber? Um, I, yes, we, and when I first started here about a year ago, we did attempt to, to try to do that. Um, cause I, again, I'm open-minded to write to, if I can add some plumbing to my arsenal, that's just going to help me with, with, you know, um, more sales, more income. Um, however, it just never seemed to kind of work out because every time I was scheduled to ride along with somebody, one of my techs needed me right. and it's just hard for me to, to turn down that, that money, you know, and, 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 and go and make money live versus, you know, learning the plumbing side of it. But that's a challenge and that's a goal of mine to, to get more on the plumbing side of it, to be honest with you. Well, there's no shortage of money. The $7 million man here, Daniel, it's been a privilege to have you on the show today and thank you for bringing some really unique and creative content to our listeners. I think there's a lot of applications uh, that you're speaking of here, not just for HVAC, but for plumbing, electrical, and, and you know various yeah. other industries, as it were. Uh, but really appreciate you having on today, and uh, for you know what you're doing in the industry, as well as like your willingness to share it. That's something that I always really appreciate when people are just you know putting it out there, saying, "Hey, here's here's something that we're doing, and we're looking to make everybody better." Yeah, I'm 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 honored to for, you know to be on on this with you guys, and I appreciate you guys inviting me. And, and you just hit it, um, you know, right on the, on, on the nail where it's not just the HVAC, right? This whole process, you know, it, it can be on the electrical side of it, on the plumbing side of it, all the way around um, on in-house services, you know, as far as that goes. So um, if you can just add this process to what you're already doing, I guarantee it's going to work. And Daniel, if people are interested in learning more about you or they'd like to get in touch with you in any way, what's, what's a good place or where's a good place to find you? Um, they can basically like right now I'm taking a break from my, my, my social media and, and stuff right now. So they can, they can reach out to me and I'm sorry, I don't have the information on me, but yes, I did offer, um, you know, during my slower times, I am going to offer, you know, some of this training, like on-site training oh, nice. or we can do uh, via, via zoom training. Um, they, they can definitely reach out to me. You know, um, you can either call, call my number or you can email me. Um, my, my email is elmario05 at yahoo.com. That's A-L-M-A-R-I-O-05 at yahoo.com. Either shoot me an email, shoot me uh, a text message, a phone call. Uh, my phone number is 714-397-4943. Um, and yeah, and we can definitely talk and I can help, you know, uh, add this process to, you know, what you guys are already doing. Awesome. We appreciate, appreciate you coming on today, buddy. And, uh, I'm going to say it now. Look forward to having another ep episode with you in the near future because uh, Absolutely. well, well Absolutely. worth the wait, my man. Well worth the wait. Absolutely, guys. You guys have a great day. And again, thank you for having me. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Bye. Wow, what a great episode with Daniel Arroyas. It was so awesome to hear uh, some really refreshing uh, ways of bringing about great sales to your team as well as uh, a win-win for everybody. And uh, that's one of the unique things about that scenario is that Daniel is essentially mentoring his team. They're winning. He's winning. The homeowners are winning. The business is winning. It's uh, there's so much winning that you get sick of winning, I guess, you know. 
so we really appreciate that. And we hope that you are finding this podcast to be a win in your life. If you are, please do us a favor, share it around, leave us a five-star review, hit us up in the comments and let us know what you are appreciating about it and what you would like to hear in the future. We want to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is the same every single week. Look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, is this the best that I can be doing? And if it's not, then choose to make sure that you are pursuing a path to fix that. Choose to find a better version of yourself and choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day.